Hello everyone and welcome back to Industry Perspectives. I'm your host Ainsley Bowden and today I have the pleasure of sitting down with Steven Spawn, the COO of Able Gamers and someone I've looked up to for quite a while in the industry. Now Steven needs no introduction here, but as part of our Good in Gaming initiative, I wanted to talk with Steven about the continued work for accessibility within the gaming industry, how developers can take advantage of some of the resources they provide, and how gaming outlets have a responsibility to cover this information and report on it. We talk about all that and more. Let's get to it. And we are live with Stephen Spawn, COO of Able Gamers. Stephen, how are you doing today, sir? Doing great. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. No, the 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 honor and the pleasure is all mine. So um, thank you very much for uh, agreeing to do this and uh, really looking forward to, to chatting with you. So um, as I, I was just saying before we started recording, uh, you know, been a, an admirer of yours and the work you've done in the in the gaming community for uh, a long time now. And it's it's uh, it goes without saying. Well, maybe it doesn't go without saying. So we'll say it right. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it, it is admirable, um, and and I think you've done a tremendous amount for a lot of people, and I think that's just incredible. So uh, definitely kind of a role model of mine in the community. So just wanted to say that right up front. I appreciate the kind words. So, um, so real quick, Stephen, and I know uh, you know we you've obviously probably touched on this more times mm-hmm. than you can count, right? But for for our viewers. Um, a quick background on, if you don't mind, on, uh, you know, Able Gamers. I know that Able Gamers has been around for uh, uh, over 15 years now, 2004, I believe they began. Mm-hmm. And you've been there uh, nearly that entire time, if I'm correct, a little mm-hmm. over 14 years. Is that about yep. right? Yep. Oh, perfect. Okay. And uh, for the last uh, nearly decade or eight years plus, you've been the COO. Yeah. It's uh, uh, been a, a gradual climb. Um, uh, so, Able Gamers was started as just a, a blog and a dream. Like it, it wasn't uh, ever meant to be the gigantic international charity <laughs> that it is now. Um, we we kind of got there accidentally. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it was really supposed to be a website that just had information for people with disabilities. You know, the founder Mark Barlett, he he really just wanted to help uh, Stephanie Walker. You know, one of his best friends when she had an MS flare up. Uh, right. And there was no information out there. There literally was nothing on the web on how you could continue to play games if you were disabled. And you know, Mark just felt the calling that he, you know, needed to put this resource out into the wild. And uh, you know, he started making articles and writing things down. And the only reason I found him was because of one of those articles where he, you know, wrote about uh, how you couldn't play World of Warcraft if you only had one hand. And, uh, you know, I play with a special hat that I use and my mouse. So essentially, although I'm using two hands, I essentially use only one hand uh, for all intents and purposes. Uh, and I was like, dear Mr. Smarty Pants Mark, you know, you're wrong. <laughs> I am right. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, unfortunately for me, uh, he didn't throw me out an airlock. He instead was like, oh, yeah, well, then write something better yourself. And I was like, okay, I will. And, uh, you know, it was 100% both of us just being stubborn, and uh, it, it turned into this amazing thing where that one article uh, really gave me the, the mental fortitude to be like, you know what, I do need help from myself, and that's why I found Able Gamers, but in helping other people, I found uh, you know a greater calling, and 
you know, that has been the beauty of, of what Able Gamers was and what it's become. It was originally just about a couple of guys trying to tell the world that disabled people playing video games matter. And today it stands as a nonprofit organization that creates opportunities to enable play in order to combat social isolation, foster inclusive communities, and improve the quality of life for people with disabilities. And yes, there is a chip in my brain that literally reads that out. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, I think you said that once before, maybe. It's yeah, it's yeah, yeah. At this point, I'm fairly sure I can do that in my sleep. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's it's just a bunch of fancy lawyer talk for that we help people with disabilities be able to get into the video games industry by any means necessary, not yeah. for the games, but because the connection between friends, family members, and loved ones is that important. No doubt. No doubt. Um, and, and am I right in uh, saying that, uh, you know, for all the work Able Gamers does uh, and how well no, you've known the company is now and, and everything that goes along with it that you just touched on, yeah. it's only 11 people. Is that accurate? Yeah, well, it's, and it's 11 people with nine of them being full time. So and a third of those have been hired in the last year. So it, for for a long time, it was just Mark and I. Uh, wow. The first, yeah, the first four, five and a half years was just Mark and I. And then we met this wonderful man named Craig Kaufman. He was uh, just going to PAX East and just doing the gamer thing and trying to do some good for the world on his own. And we kind of kidnapped him and said, you're with us now. And uh, we, we led him along this journey. It really has been the last five years have been such a turning point for able gamers, you mm -hmm. know, um, you know, doing this for nearly 15 years of my life. I would have never imagined uh, being in the place we are now where, you know, more developers talk to us than don't. Yeah, it's it's really incredible. In fact, you know, as I was kind of doing my research uh, of the details like that, I didn't know prior that one really stood out to me because it's just, you know, <laughs> I have to imagine you're a very busy man. <laughs> yeah, 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 there's there's more work to do than we currently have the people to do it. Uh, sure. that's, that has been one of the, the fun things about uh, the last couple of years of Able Gamers, you know, Twitch donating the million dollars and whatnot, yes. you know, really, really helped because People think about organizations and they think about, well, you know, I'm giving $5 to, you know, be able to buy this controller. And in some respects you are, but a lot of it is the people you're paying for, you know, the person that will sit with the disabled person for eight hours. You're paying for someone to be able to go home and eat food and have a place to live so that they can do this and help people with disabilities every single day, you yeah. know, for the more than the first decade, none of us at Able Gamers earned a, a dime. I mean, we all did this for free, but that meant that we had to put 40 hours into Able Gamers, 40 <laughs> hours into a day job, you know, and it's it's just a lot. So, uh, you know, uh, shout out to the donors out there because they're really the ones that kept us going and believed in us before the industry did. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about, too, is, you know, it's it's kind of strange um, because it's not like this is a new issue, right? Yeah. I mean, th this is an issue that's uh, been around for a very long time. Um, but it, from your perspective, and I would say, obviously, you're one of the people who can give the best perspective on it. It feels like, from my point of view, as though accessibility, uh, the need for it, um, obviously, um, you know, how many people it impacts, all of the kind of aspects of it, it feels like that's finally getting spotlight over the past few years of the gaming industry, at least a lot more than it ever did before. 
Mm. Um, do you kind of agree with that? And, you know, what's your kind of hopefulness or feelings around that, those kind of things that are happening more recently? That's undeniable that the industry is paying more attention now. Um, there's definitely a wave of change happening across the electronics consumer industry as a whole, where, you know, everyone seems to be a little more cognizant now that people with disabilities actually exist. Surprise. Um, so, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, it's, it's, it, it, it's sad it took this long, but, you know, uh, you know, only a couple of years after the ADA, they finally have figured out that people with disabilities have money that they can spend. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, right. So, so uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, and, I, and I've heard this from several people in very high up places in other industries that, you know, the, the ones that are looking at accessibility are looking towards gaming as you know, one of the breeding grounds for where uh, accessibility got pushed. And I think it's a lot because of the passion that runs deeply in the gaming industry, right? So, yeah. yeah, Able Gamers was one of the forefront leaders. We were the ones out there at the tip of the spear, as they might say in the military. But, you know, <laughs> it's only thanks to people getting behind us. Um, you know, a lot of people don't understand that, you know, we were funded only by individuals, just $20 at a time for the first right. 13 years. And and really would have went under if it wasn't for them. Um, you know, and, and back then, when we would go to, say, the GDC... Um, there's a really great video on YouTube called One Question, where we literally just asked developers, have you ever thought about gamers with disabilities? Mm. And most of them said no. A few people said yes. And the one jerk laughed at us and walked away. So, wow, really? Yeah, yeah, still on YouTube. Yep, feel free to go look up who that guy is. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it's, it's you know, one of those things where it, it has come from that to where we, as you said, we are busy all the darn time. And it feels good. I'm glad we're busy because it means that we're making change, but you know, it's thanks to all the advocates out there who do their part and, you know, the organizations that, you know, like uh, gamers outreach and St. Jude and whatnot that, that also say, Hey, we love what we do, but also make sure you pay attention to people with disabilities trying to live life at the same time. So it's, it's really different than it used to be in the industry where things were, uh, sort of against people with disabilities, and then although we still have struggles, I feel like now it's it's getting easier to be in this place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice to hear, and uh, obviously, um, as you said, right? There's always uh, plenty more work to do, but it, it does feel like there's this progressive movement uh, to finally kind of get over that hurdle of, as you said, even just acknowledging it. I mean, that's the that's the beginning of it, right? Is you've got to get acknowledgement before you can actually be foundational for change. So. Yeah, exactly. It's when, you know, we used to say in interviews um, when Mark and I would do these together, um, you know, how we wanted to be the, the first nonprofit that put itself out of business. And just, you know, eventually we get the, you know, the industry to the point where it's like, you know, all right, we did it. We can walk away now. And, you know, we, we got there. We got to the point where, you know, places started being accessible. Games started coming out that were accessible. And we realized that it wasn't just as easy as throwing a banner on an aircraft carrier and calling it a day. Like <laughs> there was more work to be done and there still is more work. And even if we convince every dev in the industry that people with disabilities matter, there's still people out there that need help. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't know that we'll ever get to be done. I think that this, this company I'm hoping will be a legacy that we leave to another generation to push forward. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
You know, one of the other things you kind of touched on there, too, in collaboration with uh, some companies around the industry um, is, you know, when, when I was at uh, I was at E3 in 2018 is when uh, Xbox was first kind of unveiling the adaptive controller yeah. and, uh, you know, spoke to one of the designers there. And I was really impressed by it. And uh, again, in doing my research here, uh, it, it sounds like uh, that Able Gamers was collaborative with yeah. some uh, designers at Xbox on that device. Is that accurate? That's correct. We worked in secrecy for three and a half years on this. Wow. Uh, so my my favorite uh, funny story to tell about that is yeah. um, is uh, a, a wonderful human being named Bryce brought us into uh, this conversation very early. Uh, me and my fellow able gamers craig kaufman we were sort of the first on scene so to speak um in a meeting uh with them and it was so early in prototype development that uh, xbox slash microsoft legal had not approved us as human beings to see this device but yet they had called us to give our our pain points and our perspective and learn from us so they literally started drawing it on a piece of paper because there was, there was no, legal didn't say they couldn't draw it they said we couldn't see the physical product so, sure. Sure. so uh it, it's my favorite thing to talk about because it was the um, and i'm sure that loophole has been closed because i've told the story too many times now but uh there was nothing in the language that said you can't draw it either so yeah we uh we got to we got to help out. Um, you know, uh, there was a spiritual predecessor uh, called the Adroit that we did with mm. uh, Evil Controllers, uh, yes, which was yes, yes, yeah, it was the same exact device. Uh, there's no difference between an Adroit and an XAC, except for that it's a lot cheaper. Uh, the the XAC is you know built by a mega giant company sure. with a lot of big machines that can do this, whereas the Adroit was built one by one. Uh, so, you know, they, they listened to our pain points and listened to what we had learned and, and took that under advisement in combination with a lot of other organizations. And, uh, you know, the XAC was born. And then I pretty much ran around with Craig for six weeks and talked about how great it was in every outlet there was. So, you know, um, and, you know, and, and that's a good point to mention as well for anybody listening. Like it's, yes. it, it definitely sometimes gets, um, mistaken as this kind of magic bullet and, and it's not it's it, it, it is just a device and all props to everyone involved for creating it uh, but it's not the catch-all be-all there are tons of other devices and there are situations where the xbox adaptive controller is completely useless for yeah. a person uh you know i personally can't use them but i do use an xac in conjunction with a freedom wing which lets my wheelchair be a controller so it's like mm. there's there's always different ways you can use things um you know but it, it's i always think it's important during these conversations to talk about how it's it's not a fast food menu, right? You can't pull up and be like, "All right, Steve, we'll take a number six with extra fries." Like it's not it's not how that works, you know? Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the breadth of what uh, you're combating or, or trying to aid, right, is is very broad. And so, um, yeah, I just I found that interesting because the in fact I think yeah, right behind me I have a XAC pin on this pin board yep. that Xbox gave me when I spoke to. Uh, you know, one of the the leads there, and I just always find that fascinating. So it was interesting yeah. to see that you guys helped on that, which is cool. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, so we talked about, you know, I, I think XAC and 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 uh, kind of awareness and spreading awareness, and I think that's obviously translated into you know someone sitting in my position. 
what uh, are, are really great and wondrous things for yourself. Um, so, you know, uh, it's no secret to anyone watching this probably that uh, you were recognized as global gaming citizen, you know, for the, at the Video Game Awards uh, mm. 2018. And then, um, you know, South by Ses uh, Southwest, excuse me, um, end of last year as the champion of change. Yeah. So, uh, which uh, I believe right after your 40th birthday, right? So, huh. yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that's got to feel, I mean, how does that feel to, to kind of be on that uh, level where, uh, you know, it gives you the the much larger platform, right, to speak about the things that yeah. are important to you and, and enable gamers? I think it's a combination of uh, good and bad. You know, when we think about accolades and positions, we always think about, you know, the, the bright, shiny spotlight and how you know, wonderful that is and whatnot. And there are perks to having that kind of platform. And those many eyeballs on you, I've got, you know, maybe the second largest disability following right now, which is pretty great. You know, Ricky Bulwark out there with a lot of followers, but he doesn't really do charity work. So I'm right. probably one of the most well-known charity guys. So that comes with some weird back and forths, you know, just like anyone. I've got my detractors. I've got the ones that don't think I'm doing enough, that think I'm doing it the wrong way. They would like to mm -hmm. see me do it differently. And, you know, it's it's really hard because... At the end of the day, for the most part, you all just want to see the world be a better place. And sometimes there's some unnecessary uh, roughness that gets in the waters when you get this many accolades where, you know, you're you're trying to do the right thing and not everybody agrees with the way you do it. And at the end of the day, you can only do the best that you can do. And no sure. person is a monolith, right? So I'm, you know, visibly disabled, obviously, profoundly disabled, but that doesn't mean that I can tell you what it's like to be blind better than a blind person or deaf sure. better than a deaf gamer. You know, you should always take into account some more voices than mine. And, uh, you know, if, if I can at least start the conversations, if I can, you know, be somebody who at least brings attention to it, then I feel privileged to do that. And hopefully the people who don't approve of the way that I do it will eventually come around and decide that, you know, I was doing the best I could at the time. Yeah, that's really fair. And uh, it's really interesting um, because I, th I don't think that would be something that would be widely thought about. Um, yeah. it, it feels like, uh, you know, it's it's excellent work. And you would think that uh, those groups would be almost, you know, a unified front, if you would, uh, to kind of push that change. But I can see exactly what you mean uh, from 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 where you said how that would be challenging at times. A lot of it is is society the way that that we have structured things I, you know just from talking to you a little bit off camera like you know you have a lot of this in your life where you have experienced these kinds of, of worlds and mm -hmm. you know you know as well as i do that you know there's only so many spots at the table and so although all of us want the best for one another well most of us want the best for one another <laughs> um that you know uh, there there are only so many spots and there as we push more and more seats become available but we all know in in most minority groups that there's only so many people that can grab the spotlight in any one time so it yeah. becomes this thing of some people get upset that, you know, so-and-so is out there when they could do better or so-and-so is mad because this person slighted them one time. And and it sort of becomes this, this uh, sad, you know, um, nature of everyone becomes a little competitive with each other because the, the, the people who are at the very top don't give that much attention to it. So it makes you feel like you have to almost be competitive with people who are also pushing for the same thing you want. Right. And so 
you know, I do my best to go on, you know, shows like yours and, and say, you know, hey, listen, we all want the same thing. And, you know, I hope by myself and others repeatedly saying, you know, hey, listen, I know it feels like we're in competition for a spotlight, but, you know, don't look at it that way. We're all just trying to push the narrative. And it's thanks to everyone using their voices together that things like, you know, the Twitch tag system is now in place. Yes, you know? yes. So. Uh, again, the power of more than one combined. Yeah, uh, I saw that. Uh, you know that w that went in rather recently, right? It's something you've been pushing for for a long time. Yep, uh, it's been something I've been very vocal about on the yeah. internet, yelling at Twitch quite publicly, and, <laughs> right. and I've I have been then been told more than once that they're well aware of me yelling at them. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so, so. Uh, you know, I was privileged to be in some early conversations about that, but, you know, it by far was, was not a me thing. It was a, I had a hand in it, and so did a lot of the people, the organizations that were listed on, you know, the, the thing when it came out. Um, you know, and, and I think that's what's going to continue to be important is, I think when I first started my role in the industry, it was, you know, yelling and getting attention and making people listen to whatever I said. And now I think it's turned to, I have to get out there and I have to continue to be, you know, uh, vocal for people with disabilities who don't have the same privilege of a large platform that I do, right. um, but to also use it to say, hey, don't only listen to me, you know, don't sure. not follow me, but also, you know, follow this other person. Like this, <laughs> it's not, it's not a choice. You don't have to choose one or the other. You can follow a hundred different disabled people. It's okay to do that. And, you know, um, that's that's one of the things that I think all minority groups are continuing to push for, and you see that in a lot of different, you know, LGBT people of color. It's sure. it's literally the same message of don't listen to just one of us. You know, there's a bunch of us out here with different voices, and you know, uh, sometimes I feel like I'm just beating that drum at this point uh, continually. But until people start doing it, I'm just going to keep beating it. <laughs> it's a uh, a sad necessity, right? Um, yeah. something that has to be done uh, because that's just how you eventually overcome it. Um, uh, so, you know, on, on that point, right. Uh, you know, I wanted to, uh, well, one congratulate you, but also discuss, um, you know, the, the announcement back in November yeah. with, uh, Alana Pierce and, and yourself yep. and the coordination for the, uh, you know, game accessibility awards, which mm -hmm. is awesome. Right. So, yep. um, how has, I, I, this may be a redundant question, so I apologize. A rhetorical question, if I apologize if it is. But how has the response to that been? Has has that kind of gone the way that you had hoped when it was obviously being discussed prior? So far, so good. Um, you know, this was one hundred percent a thing that Alana wanted to do, and Great. you know, I was you know just privileged to call her friend and uh, don't tell her I said that. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was, it was great. She told me about the project and that she wanted me to be involved. And I was like, cool. Yeah, I can give you some, but she's like, no, I want you to be like there together, do this thing. I'm like, gosh, darn it. All right. Well, so we'll, we'll do this thing and we'll see if how well it's received. And it was, it was great. Everybody loved it. Um, we continue to both get told how great that it was. And, okay. um, so our plans are to do it again, um, you know, and hopefully eventually one of the big shows will be like, here's a budget, go make it great. Until then, we'll just keep using green screens, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, you know, I, I think um, I think one of the things I repeatedly see is that um, when you're trying to do something like that and you're very willing to say up front, you know, 
I don't know if we're going to do this the right way. And that was what you heard from us repeatedly when we did that. Was Listen, maybe we're going to mess this up, but here's the best way we could figure out how to do it. Here's, you know, what we did. Uh, here's how we got to the conclusions we did. You know, we brought in other voices. We made sure to, to showcase other gamers with disabilities. It was not just us. We were just the hosts, really. Um, right. You know, and, and the point of that, again, is to, to share that spotlight and use those platforms to elevate others, um, you know, and, and to say, you know, here's what other people thought. Here's what, you know, they brought to the table for accessibility. And so by doing that, I think you lessen the amount of people that um, can feel like you were doing it for anything but the right reasons. And mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I think that is one of the things that I try to uh, tell people when they're doing things. Like, you don't need permission to start an award show. Just go do it you don't need a, you, know, you don't need permission to start a new blog you don't need permission to go start another able gamers like right. you know, figure out a new name or something of course but you know <laughs> just like you know if you want to help people with disabilities just go do it um yeah you know, and i say all that basically to say you're asking you know how do these accolades feel and you know and and how are things received and i always tell people it's for me, for my dollar, there's no secret to our success. I can tell you right now you know, on recorded medium how Able Gamers got to be where it is. We worked really hard. Like yeah. that, that's it. That <laughs> it sounds like a cop out. It sounds like a, a blow off answer, but it's always we saw that there was a need, so we just went and did it. We didn't ask permission. We didn't, you know, go out and say, "Hey, is it cool if we do this now?" We just did it, <laughs> you know, and, and it worked out. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, but that, you're you're right. Um, it, I've even talked to other creators, right, where they they kind of ask around a community of um, people who may already be doing something, you know, and, and kind of ask those yeah. similar questions. So, you know, can I do this? Or you know, and it's like, well, why 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 can't you? Um, there's yeah. nothing stopping anyone from contributing in in a way that you feel is appropriate, right? Never makes sense to me. It's like. You know, uh, it's it's not a presidential campaign run. You don't you, know, you, you don't you don't you don't gonna pull the room to see if enough people are gonna vote right. for you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just do it the best. You know, figure out what you want to accomplish and go for it. And re um, realize that the the first iteration in innovation of it is gonna be bad. You know, um, I I I don't know about you, but I have spun up shows. I did some. They didn't <laughs> they didn't feel right. I didn't like them, so I stopped doing them. You know, I, yeah. same thing with able gamers. The able gamers. You know, of uh, you know, 2016, it looks nothing like 2012. Looks nothing like 2007. It because right. we just kept figuring out how to do it better. And so, you know, I'm constantly just telling people, just you know, even like with your show here, like you were telling me before, you wanted to do some good and some good gaming. Like there's, there's, you know, it's in the title. So that's you know, uh, <laughs> right. do some good for the world. And you know, again, just go out there, do your thing, and. You know, if, if it clicks, if it works, great. Keep doing it, figure out how to make it better. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, yeah, uh, we don't we don't certainly need to go into it, but I've had my fair share of failures in terms of shows and content without a doubt. So we, we don't need to talk about that. I think, it's, <laughs> I think it's okay, though. I'll rebuff you on that point. I think I think you should talk about it. I think that one of the things that, that we do wrong in especially American society is yeah. we, we hide our failures as if there's something to be embarrassed about. 
That is fair. Yes. I, I honestly, and I honestly believe that with all my heart. It's like, you know, we, we take this thing as, yeah, some things I tried didn't work. And it's like, well, no one thought that you were going to hit a hundred percent coming out of the womb. Like, you know, you're like, you're going to fail a couple times, you know, and it doesn't seem to matter how many times we talk about how, you know, Einstein failed a bunch before he got, you know, right. the equations, how, you know, Edison failed on the light bulb, how, you know, <coughs> Zanga literally put out, you know, 32 games before they hit Farmville, and then they blew all the money on a giant building, and then they went bankrupt. Like, it's just like, you know, <laughs> so, so, you know, goodness gracious, just try things, see what happens. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think the, the will to try is, uh, should overcome any fear of failure, for sure. Um. So on that front, right, in terms yeah. of content um, and what you see around uh, content creators, be it um, in the space or not directly, uh, you know, as I said, uh, the good in gaming is something my outlet is doing, you know, and we're obviously a smaller outlet. But, you know, what, what do you see? Do you feel there's a responsibility um, and or need or just your thoughts in general on, you know, the, the, the major outlets, right? And then the, the communities. Uh, that create the broad content that is shared globally among millions and millions of people, um, aiding in this way, right? Helping to spread, further spread that awareness and, and spread a message and kind of focus more on, one of the big things for me is really focusing more on positivity. Um, mm -hmm. And it's it, sometimes it's a battle, right? I, I talk all the time on the show around the battle for uh, both attention and, and, you know, there's the clicks and everything else, but uh, mm -hmm. spreading that positive message I see as a responsibility and I think it should be a bigger yeah. part of what, um, you know, the people who have the power to make those decisions and publish that stuff should be doing on a regular basis. They should, they absolutely should. And, you know, here's the thing, right? So I'm going to answer your question with a, with uh, a story. So sure. when I was at my very first um, PAX East as able gamers, so this was, oh my God, 2015, 16, I don't know. Maybe even earlier than that, 2014, whenever the hell PAX was. Um, <laughs> uh, it's been a long pandemic. Um, yes, you it know, is. Uh, you know, we, we had like a little, like what we called petting zoo, which was like a control a table with controllers on it, pretty much, where I was showing press members, you know, different sure. ways that people play. It was really kind of cool uh, to open some people's eyes. And, right. you know, I'm, I'm sitting there with a blogger you know, who has maybe 12 or 13 viewers, uh, you know, starting out, not necessarily super huge, but a very lovely human being. And, okay. you know, in the middle of the conversation, Andrea Renee uh, yeah. from you know, one of the big outlets pops up and, you know, says, hey, I'm Andrea. I'm here for, our, you know, 12 o'clock, you, know, uh, you, you know, I'll be ready to talk whenever you are. And I'm just like, hey, Andrea, really nice to meet you. Um, I am with so-and-so right now and I'm going to finish this up and then I'll be right with you. And then I turned back and went back to talking to the Excellent. creator who you know labeled themselves as small and you know they were very aghast and andrea was like uh and like it and it was it was you know uh, one of those great moments where you're like all right here's here's who you are and so i finished up the the interview and turned back to andrea she's like i just have to tell you that like nobody does that and i absolutely want to be friends with you now like <laughs> nobody good. puts me on hold and, you know, and they immediately turn their attention to me and that was you know we've had a good friendship ever since then because you know not only not only did i do that and kind of shut her down to hey i'm with another client 
but also she was very much like i wish more people would do that mm -hmm. and you know that's that's the kind of people you want to network in this industry and, and find the ones who care about other people you know so because sure. you never know who's gonna watch right so it's it's the same philosophy of why i you know i i don't look at viewership numbers or twitter followers when I make an appearance on any kind of podcast and whatnot. I have my people go to see, are these good people? If yes, then I'll do it. Like that's, that's pretty much what it's all about for me is, are, are they trash and just going to throw around, you know, slurs sure. and whatnot, then I don't want any part of it. Um, right. You know, but if they're good people, just do it because here's the truth. You never know who's watching. You never know, you know, you call yourself, you know, a smaller outlet, but who knows if one day somebody who has a lot of influence reads you and then they promote your stuff and then suddenly you're not so small anymore. And that's what happens to creators, particularly on Twitch all the time. You're floating at, you know, 50 viewers. And then one day, you know, Dr. Lupo comes in, gives you a raid. <laughs> and then every day after that, you have 500. So, you know, it, it, it's the way this world works and you just got to put your product out there and make the best you can and be a good person. Yeah, no, that's, I, I thank you for sharing that story because, um, you know, one of the things I talk about very often is uh, genuineness, right? And, and having been fortunate over the past few years to meet a lot of people and a lot of creators across the industry, um, there is, you know, uh, we're just saying facts here, right? There are, there are people who base their entire interactions around how big someone is or yeah. how many followers they have. And, uh, you know, we talk about on this show all the time and it's, it's disappointing, right? Because mm -hmm. everyone started from the same spot, <laughs> yeah. you yep. know, and, and there yep. are genuinely amazing creators out there um, who have almost no following. They're either new yep. or they just haven't been discovered yet. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So uh, that, that, that's a great story though. I, I almost ran into Andrea in uh, 2018, but I didn't get to say hello. I'd love to actually, you know, meet her sometime because she just seems like a lovely person. She's um, really awesome. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good people like her in the industry. And, you know, I, my advice to people is always um, someone like me is never going to go on the Twitter and be like, these are the bad people you should avoid. But right. you can see if you find someone in the industry, in any industry that you're listening and, and, you, and you're interested in getting involved in, find people that you consider good that you consider have the right motivations and then watch who they interact with who they interact with frequently tells you who they consider good people and then if they only respond to certain people when they're called out or you know like oh here's so and so and so and so on a podcast well that was arranged they didn't do that on purpose that was that was where they were put onto <laughs> a panel together right. right so you know look at who they choose to be around and that tells you who they really are yeah that's that's a very fair and, and to the point point if you will yeah that sums it up hey that's the that's the great part about being 40 is i've rapidly reached the point where i just you know say <laughs> say it how it is you know you don't like me don't like me that's fine but here's how i see you be a good person then that's what i'm gonna tell you and you know <laughs> there, there are sometimes people that are like you're pretty blunt i'm like sometimes you gotta be life's too short man 100 percent, and uh i have fair to say i am older than you but we're pretty close you know we're both we're both seasoned gamers that's what we yeah. call them here that's why that's my right. site is the name it is right uh been gaming since the atari era and um but to your point there is perspective that comes with that right um yeah. uh, and Listen, it's uh i yeah. literally went on to an interview yesterday and they asked me what the first thing i played was and i mentioned an atari and then they cut for a production break and they were like to the host they were like do you, have you ever played an atari and they were like i don't and he was like i don't know what it is and i was like oh no oh no oh well all right well um 
Okay, so we'll just shoot that part over. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and you know, it, it's the industry now. I know for someone who has the perspective of of what we grew up with, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it's so one of the things to talk about frequently is so drastically different today. Um, and I think that the gamers who have come in, say, in the last 10, 15 years, you know, just having grown up in the past, you know, that, right, decade or two, um, they have really no concept of what gaming was like before Internet, before it being social, before it being cool. Right. Um, you know, I mean, when we were young, it was it was a, a, a niche and a niche for right. um, a lot of stereotypes, you know, mm -hmm. at the time. There's a lot of people who hated anyone who had anything to do with gaming for not really any good reason. Just, to, just to, oh, you're a gamer. Okay, well, why don't you like them? Oh, they're a gamer. Okay, well, why? Yeah. And they, and the, no, that was like always where the conversation died. There was never anything like, oh, they're mean or they're jerks. It was always, well, there's a gamer. Okay, well, that doesn't explain anything. It's like saying I hate you because you love the color purple. Why do you hate purple? I don't know. I just do. Okay. <laughs> it's completely true though you know we laugh about it now but yeah. uh, you know it really was uh an issue um it was. so it, it's funny um you know what one of the things i talk about in that vein it, it's kind of a good segue to to discuss is uh just the gaming community at large um yep. how different we just said how different it is now than it used to be um but for me and i, I don't know about you but gaming has always represented more than the games themselves right it, mm -hmm. it and i think it ties back to what we were just talking about is because of the way it was looked at almost like outcasts if you will um there was a camaraderie there that developed yeah. over time right and and as you got to be friends with people and you 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 became friends around gaming um there's this old school for people kind of a, of our era um, I feel especially of uh, this camaraderie and brotherhood, um, having grown up in that, and I, it's always meant that to me. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you do you feel the same way? Do you kind of have that same outlook on gaming in general? Um, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's definitely still that mentality that we all have of you know, oh, you're a gamer, so you get it. I mean, there's still sure. definitely um, that. Um, stigma that toxicity i think honestly that's one of the reasons that it took so long for able gamers to get traction was mm -hmm. that not only were we fighting for people with disabilities which are already you know, overlooked quite often but also for gaming which you know in the early 2000s was still in the you know yeah, yeah is that a real thing you know <laughs> true. so, so uh, yeah. i think we were fighting two uh, stigmas at the same time um so I feel like, you know, there, there's certainly something to be said. You know, you can hear it when you go, you know, when you're we're talking to your gaming buddies and, uh, and they're talking about, particularly about their significant other. It's like, oh, yeah, she's, she's a gamer. He's a gamer, you know, so they get it. You know, like we can be in the same room and not talking and it's cool. Like, you know, it's stuff like that, you know. It, and I think that other communities have that same kind of camaraderie, you know, book lovers and, you know, macro my artists, I don't know. Um, I think they have that same, but I, I don't know if it's the same level of bonding. Um, yeah. I, I think a lot of it comes down to shared experiences. I think yes. that video games lead you to having shared experiences with people, you know, that 
even that you don't necessarily like, you can end up having a good time in the same party in the game because you're sharing this experience. And you're like, oh, that was awesome. Yeah, I still don't like you, but I guess you're all right. You know, and that, that's that kind of weird you know, bond you form. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you touched on something else there, too, is, you know, I've due to the experiences I've had in my life, one of the aspects I've covered in some of my writings um, about how gaming has helped me and others is escapism. Um, and, uh, you know, what gaming can do for you exactly kind of like you Mm -hmm. said, is it's, it allows you to kind of escape in some way, but also, uh, bond with others, uh, in a similar, you know, who may be either in a similar mindset or trying to do something similar. And I know you've spoken to previously, even in some of your videos around Mm -hmm. first kind of experiencing that with gaming. Um, and how important that was to you. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, by all means, but kind of opening your eyes to what gaming could do um, for um, not only people with disabilities, but just, you know, people facing any kind of struggle or challenge in that pain, right? Having that connection point is is really what it's all about. And, you know, yeah. the the escapism is... There's there's two weird things about what we do, and and it's escapism and fun are sometimes treated as if they are bad things that <laughs> yes. you know you know it's like well what's wrong with not wanting to hurt for a while you know mm-hmm. and you know and, and the problem I think is always that um, the the slippery slope which is one of my my most hated arguments in any any yes. arenas you know it's like you know uh if you play video games you're going to eventually marry a donkey it's like that's not <laughs> you know the the the, the yeah. freaking jumps you got to go to get there um yeah. and number two gertrude's not that bad so don't make fun of her um so um you know the thing of it is you know um i want to hear about that one so the, the the thing the thing of it is uh you know when we're talking about you know escapism it's getting away from from the badness for a while you know when we set up expansion packs from able gamers um and at hospitals it's literally to help make a room where people can forget that they are in a hospital for a little while you know and it's it's just video games and some silly posters and some plushies and you know it just makes it feel like a like a fun room instead of you know having an or and an er you know three doors down it just lets you forget for a minute and you know, I I do wish of all the the people who are not fans of video games and, and push against them um, that they would stop linking having escapism to being a bad thing. It's yeah. it's not bad to get away from your problems. No one in your situation, in my situation, is saying put your head in the clouds, kids, and don't right. ever pay attention to the real world. Walk around with a with a VR helmet in the middle of the streets. Like nobody's <laughs> saying that. No none of us are saying that. All we're saying is if you're in a lot of pain, you know, and you need a distraction go play a video game. If you're lonely, go play a game with a friend. Like it, it you don't have to go to the extremes. Yeah, one hundred percent. I couldn't have said it better. And um, yeah, I, I part of what I've written about pretty extensively in this vein is exactly that. And and also, you know, there's there's science and data that backs you know backs a lot of this mm-hmm. up. This isn't just us talking about it and, and saying our opinions. There's a lot of positives that come with uh, gaming in that vein, which I again is all part of highlighting this, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so. Able Gamers, we, we've touched on, obviously, the, the tremendous work that you've done over the years in the organization. Um, I know you currently have the campaign out there to raise a million dollars. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, wh- where are you currently on that? 
three quarters of a million dollars. Um, and that's, Fantastic. yeah. And, uh, you know, that's just from basically uh, my network of friends. That's not, you know, Able Gamers proper. This is something I decided to do, mm -hmm. you know, outside of my work hours just because of my position in life. I know a lot of people that. Uh, are cared for by a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it's been the weird thing about having um, uh, Spawn Together be such a recognized thing in the industry is people keep, you know, thanking me, like, holy crap, you raised so much money. Thank you for doing that. And it's like, well, all I did was go out and light the pyres, and then people answered my call. It wasn't, right. you know, it wasn't me that, that did all the heavy lifting on the fundraising. It was, you know, everybody goes after Shroud and, you know, Dr. Lupo and Pestily to go raise millions of dollars. But what about all the people that can raise $150? Yes. What if you just use the power of togetherness to combine forces? Then you can do something really good. And mm -hmm. that is fully my intention with Spawn Together is we're, we're going to hit the million. And then I'm going to take a lap in the press circuits and say, listen. <laughs> Stop just assuming that because somebody can't contribute more than $25 that they're not useful or productive. You know, that is such a, a negative, unnecessary stereotype right. in our industry. You don't need to make people feel bad. The amount of people who have said to me, uh, I can only contribute $50, Steve. I'm sorry, it's not more. It's like, that is $50. And, and, and I grew up freaking poor. I would have done a lot of things for $50. <laughs> yes. Like eating grasshoppers. Like, there's a lot of gross things. You know? And, and it's, it's like $50 is a lot. And, and sometimes people forget when you're raising you know, a million dollars, the $50 still matters. Because of $50 times 500 people is still a lot of money. Yes. 100%. Um and uh, yeah, I think that's critical. And it's um, that's first, that's fantastic to hear that you're at the three quarter million mark. I hadn't realized that. So congrats. And uh, yeah, looking forward to kind of what's next there. But you're absolutely right. I mean, um, part of what we do, you know, we, we donate to to your organization, of course, that's how we first originally kind of spoke through email um, and uh, special effect as well. And I also play for Extra Life, which is a very similar concept, mm -hmm. right? You're just allowing small creators or content creators to whether it be a dollar or two at a time it's a it's a everyone coming together for kind of the greater good yep. um which is uh they, they, it is kind of weird to see people feel almost bad or apologize in those senses it's like you're doing more than you know you are the core of what this is without yeah. you the whole thing doesn't work exactly uh, it's, so. it's more sad i think than weird it's it's just it's it's sad to me that we have uh and and extra life and, and whatnot is part of was part of the problem not the charity but the culture that developed around it where it became this competitive nature yeah and it's you know i only raised this much and haha, i raised this much and you know it's the the leaderboards can be fun and they can be you know oh man i really want to do better i mean heck uh you know um tiltify put up a leaderboard last year and i think i was like seventh on that leaderboard of how much money uh people were raising and i y'all don't be darned if i didn't be like next year i'm getting top five like you know, <laughs> it's you know the competitiveness is fine when it's for a good reason but you know at the same time if if you let yourself get down into the weeds there you're really gonna start to feel bad and it's that's why the numbers game in any profession is just a losing game. You know, whether you're talking about, you know, an outlet with your numbers or an outlet like IGN, I think I'm mm -hmm. safe to say that you guys are probably a couple off, um, you know, a few hundred, so, a few few, hundred yeah, yeah. just a few, um, you know, and, and I, you know, and that's, that sort of thing is if you start looking at down to the numbers, it's like this amazing, um, 
this amazing thing of being in the middle of the ladder is what I've been liking to talk about recently. Where, okay. um, you know, it's like you look down and you see people who aren't doing as well as you are, and you look up and then you go, oh man, but there's so much people that are above me. Well, I guess I'm just trash. And it's mm -hmm. like you completely forget about the people who are still climbing underneath mm -hmm. your rungs as well. And so we somehow applied that to charity, which I don't know how that got from A to B, but it did. And, you know, one of the primary drivers of doing Spawn Together the way I did was I didn't want to reach out to corporations and, you know, raise money from them. I wanted it to be a completely human-driven thing. So, mm. you know, maybe in future iterations I'll, you know, uh, bring in some prizes or whatnot for for things, but I just wanted to prove as a concept that we all should be cognizant of the fact that we matter as individuals. Yeah, uh, it's a fantastic point. And I think perspective um, in any matter like that is always important. And, and you do, I people and, and, <clears throat> and organizations can lose sight of that. And so that's, that's very uh, pertinent that, you know, you bring that up because it is absolutely true. So. Yeah, I think about uh, people like Dr. Lupo, who are, you know, is a friend of mine, full disclosure, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of his from outside the friendship as well, and so mm -hmm. I respect him, but the reason that I wanted to be friends with him, and then eventually did get to the place where I could meet him, was he's very genuine he when he's mm -hmm. feeling bad about his numbers when he's got only ten thousand viewers he <laughs> says he feels bad and his feeling bad is just as bad as when i feel bad that i am only pulling in 90 and when some of my friends are only pulling in eight like it's the same bad feeling because it's a no-win game you never win the game it doesn't matter how many accolades how many numbers you get you're always like why don't i have more numbers yeah. and and so you know, you learn that as you make friends along the way that, you know, it's it's just a losing game to play comparison. And so, you know, hopefully we can try to retrain society. And, and, and I'm hoping that something like Spawn Together makes people who, quote unquote, only raise $200 decide, wow, I could do that for other causes, too. And I could do that six times a year, you know, and, and that $200 suddenly turns into 1200 And so, you know, uh, it's it's just those little incremental things, one, one thing at a time. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. So... With the uh, <clears throat> with Able Gamers now uh, uh, this year in 2021, and you kind of doing this campaign separate of that, kind of what's what do you, what's next for the organization? I mean, what do you guys um, you know kind of really? Is there anything you want to talk about in terms of planning? Any uh, kind of big focal point for you guys as a group right now, and what you're working on? Yeah, a lot of what we're doing is enabling our people to reach. Uh, members of the community faster so right now you have to wait months in order to get help from able gamers and it is something that we absolutely despise like there is you know sure. never a day that goes by that i'm not unhappy about um you know how long it takes us to get to people and it's because we don't have enough uh peer support counselors to serve the number of people that are asking for help you know every single day at ablegamers.org people reach out and they ask for help and and every single day they're on facebook and twitter reaching out to us individually and we're having to be like hey hey you can't go through us individually you got to go through here and we show them back to the website you know and you know it's it's uh it's frustrating um that we've done this all on on a very little ad budget we don't have ag magazine ads there's there's no banner flying over new york city this is just <laughs> word of mouth 
Right. So, you know, once we do get to the point where we start advertising in magazines and whatnot, it, you know, I can only imagine how many people that are going to be looking to us for help. So, you know, um, our biggest priority right now is restructuring things internally now that we've gotten some bigger donations and we've done <laughs> things like Twitch and Spawn Together and stuff like that, that we can actually pay some people to come in and help us be able to help people faster. Gotcha. Yeah, that's, um, that's uh, uh, you know, obviously noble. And I'm sure that's some of the challenges around that have to be frustrating, as you said, I can imagine. So. Sometimes, yeah. And the other cool thing that we've been doing is we started up a thing um, called Accessible Player Experiences, which um, APX for short, it's something okay. um, that has been helping the industry in a big way. We have been... Um, going through and helping developers uh, to figure out how to develop with accessibility in mind. Okay. So for anybody out there who's listening, you can go to accessible.games right now. It is a free resource. There are design patterns where you can learn how to design a game, whether you are with a AAA studio or you are with a one-person independent developer. You can go on there and you can learn not how to be an accessible developer in a checklist format. Like I'm not, it doesn't tell you like, yeah, make sure you turn on subtitles and don't use the color orange and stuff like that. Like it tells you, okay, so here's a problem that might happen. What if someone has a tremor? What if someone has the inability to remember that they did something? What if they click on the wrong button because they didn't have the strength to push the one that they want? Oh, well then you need undo redo. You need the ability to undo what happened and try again. Like that's uh, an accessibility pattern that we teach at accessible.games. And so there's, you know, a literal card deck that you can buy and put on your desk. Um, that has, yeah, all this, uh, all this stuff on it. Um, where, you know, you're learning how to be um, a more mindful person for people with disabilities. Um, and for the studios, there's an entire course that you can get, um, you know, if you have um, seed money to be able to pay for the certification program, we'll actually say, like, okay, this person is a certified practitioner, and you can carry that with you to any of the studios, and it helps let them know that you are somebody who has put some thought into accessibility. Wow. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. So yeah. I hope uh, if any... Any indie developers or anyone else, for that matter, are listening that uh, they check that out. So that's great. Have uh, in that same vein, have any um, you know kind of uh, bigger developers or just any developers really? I mean, how often do developers themselves uh, reach out for kind of um, you know collaboration or advice on on aspects like that? Does that happen often, or is that rare? All the time. No, I okay. mean, I mean, it, there's never a day that goes by that. Someone okay. in our organization isn't talking to developers about the next game coming out, and there, you know, are more golden robots waiting off camera to beat me down for breaking an NDA than I can tell you about. Um, <laughs> so, so, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. So, you know, it's one of those things where um, it's always happening. It's always in the background, even when it seems like you know maybe the industry doesn't care. I can promise you, they do, and they're trying to figure it out. That's good. That's that's good to hear, um, because, you know, we touched earlier around how that's changed over the years. Is it fair to say that the the number of developers and kind of resources reaching out to you for that advice now is a lot different than it was even several years ago? Is that fair? Yeah. 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 It's 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 changed a lot. The kind of um, the kind of advice is more specific now. It's okay. earlier in the development cycle and uh, yeah. it's really at a point where people are trying to make sure it gets in there under budget like it should have been. Yeah. That's excellent, man. That's excellent. Yeah. 
So uh, wrapping this up, what's next for you? I mean, uh, individually, I feel like, like I said, it's, uh, it's, you know, someone uh, looking at you and what you've accomplished is, is incredibly, you know, admirable to me. And, and uh, I, it's just, you know, it's an inspiration is what I'll say. So, uh, you know, in terms of uh, spawn together and what you're accomplishing there, you have any other, you know, big plans you want to talk about or anything kind of in mind that you're looking to focus on here yeah. in the future? You know, I always tell people if you really want to keep up with what I'm doing, you pay attention to my Twitter and, and that'll be the best place to, to find out because I am always trying to invent new ways to help make people be the best versions of themselves. So as I, you know, continue to age up in this industry, I realize that, you know, there are other things that I want to do in order to try to help. You know, I'm, I'm very much into philosophy nowadays. I very much like putting out those videos and, and trying to, to show people ways they can sort of be, uh, you know, a little more comfortable in who they are. So, you know, what's, what's next for me is just continuing on how to do bigger and better things. Um, you know, that's getting harder now that, you know, like I've got, you know, friends with Ryan Reynolds and I know The Rock on the list. Get, getting <laughs> higher than that is, is hard. Um, yes. But, you know, I, I will say, you know, to the points that you and I have been talking about all day for, for anyone out there who is like, you know, man, this guy talks a lot about the little guy for somebody who's friends with Ryan Reynolds. It's like, <laughs> that's true. But also, you know, I have had many nights in the last six months where I felt like I don't do enough, where I felt like I could be doing more or that I'm letting people down. And and it just, it doesn't matter how much, um, you know, someone thinks that, you know, you're doing well or how many times you're told that you're inspirational. You know, there's always that little voice in your mind sure. that goes, they're just being kind. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I'm, I'm have no problem saying that I'm one of the people that, that still continues to struggle with that. Like, how do I do better and how do I do more? So, you know, what, what am I up to next? Who knows? I guess we'll see whatever I pull out of my hat next. <laughs> I think it's just human nature, right? Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. But so, yeah, when I, when I saw you, uh, post the video with Ryan Reynolds, I think it was back in November, if I remember mm -hmm. correctly. Um, it was just really cool to see because he, we were talking earlier about genuineness, uh, regardless of how big or small you are in terms of an audience. And Ryan just seems like one of those guys who's truly genuine. So, um, yep. that was really cool to see, uh, yeah. for you there. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. That's good. That's good. Well, honestly, Stephen, this has been, um, like I said, it's been a pleasure. I thank you so much for for coming out and chatting with me yeah. and kind of chatting with the audience and, and spreading some of your thoughts. And uh, it's it's a real honor to um, continue to kind of spread, uh, you know, like we said, the, the campaign I've got going here. And, um, you know, as well, like um, I'll shout out as well that, you know, anyone who knows that they buy merchandise from us like these good in gaming shirts, uh, all profits 100% go to our charity partners, which Able Gamers has been since we started doing merchandise. So um, thank you for that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just uh, everything we talked about, right, uh, is, yeah. is the reason why. So um, just want to thank you again. And uh, is there anything else um, you want to touch on before we uh, we head out? I think it was a great show, and uh, I appreciate you bringing me on here to hang out and talk about some cool stuff together. And hopefully people didn't tune out when we got uh, preachy. <laughs> <laughs> so Make good hey. choices, kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a perfect end cap, so we'll go ahead and do it. <laughs> this is Industry Perspectives. Thanks for tuning in, as always. We will see you next time.